This week, we are so excited to be interviewing one of our favorite narrators, Imogen Church, who is the voice behind The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. You can find our review of that audiobook in episode 10 on our website, audioshelf.me. Thank you again to Imogen for taking the time to sit down with us and chat about her amazing work. Enjoy! Welcome to Audio Shelf, a place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. Hello. Hello. Hi. 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 It's nice to see you. (laughs) Nice to see you too. How are you? I'm okay. We've had snow. What? Really? We've only had rain here, so that's... <laughs> well, we've had snow and rain, so it's more been like slush, but yeah, it's nice. It's good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Awesome. So thank you so much for, you know, doing this with us, and we really appreciate that. That's fine. That's fine. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess we can just jump right into some of our questions. Okay. Our first one is, how did you um, find inspiration for the voices in The Woman in Cabin 10 and any other voices that you ever do? Obviously, it depends on the quality of the writing. If the writing is really good, then, as you will know, when you read it, you can see this person. So, yeah, particularly in The Woman in Cabin 10, the party guests, the guests on the boat were really hideous, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. kind of (laughs) grotesque. I like that sort of thing. But gem- in general, where I, I steal voices from people I meet, people I see on the telly, anyone really. If I see, if I go into a coffee shop and get a coffee from someone with a really weird accent, I say, where are you from? And I say, <laughs> I'm like, well, I haven't got a clue. Um, I also go for a lot of physical characteristics, I think, inform the voice. So I really like doing kind of, I would describe them as like nasal person or chubby fat person with whiskers or, you know, so it's got like this kind of, oh, I've got really fat cheeks and speak like that. <laughs> or he's got, <laughs> or it's someone with like that, like perfect. That's <laughs> <laughs> that is perfect. One of, one of my favourites. I did this book recently where this girl was described as, <laughs> Oh, what was it? An LA Valley nasal wine. I mean, guys, they didn't like everything she said. Like, ah. Oh, my Can you get away from that image? I was like, I will. <laughs> so, That's yeah, amazing. I know like, from everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. That's exactly how I imagine LA people to talk. Exactly. So. <laughs> now, just so I know, where are you guys from? <laughs> We're from Maryland, so we have yep. a very weird country mm-hmm. thing. I don't even know how to describe yeah. it. <laughs> We're close to Baltimore. Okay, because I quite I spend a lot of time on YouTube typing in wisconsin accent or mm. 90 year old Ghanaian woman talks and things like that so that, I'll, I'll remember that i'll remember that um, yeah. and also it's marilyn right mm-hmm. we have so many arguments with people who say oh it's called maryland maryland no it's maryland <laughs> no maryland i mean maybe other people i mean it's also you're supposed to pronounce the t in baltimore but like some people don't some mm-hmm. people do they pronounce it baltimore yeah <laughs> It's a mixed bag. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> we're kind of like known for like the hun. You know, have you ever seen Hairspray? Yeah, the musical. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's pitch, Ooh. pitch perfect one. <laughs> Course, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Love that song. <laughs> okay, I'm just I'm audio shelfing it in my brain. <laughs> love it. Oh, so, so Imogen, what is what is your process when you're recording an audiobook? Uh, in terms of prep and. Mm-hmm. So, do you read the book multiple times? Do you take notes? What do you? In an ideal world, I would read it twice, but realistically, I only get time to read it once. But I read it on my tablet. And it takes me as long to kind of prep it as I would to narrate it. So I have different highlight colors for all different characters. So, you know, that hopefully makes some sense to me. So I'll know that character A is yellow and character B is green. Um, So I highlight their dialect the whole way through. But I also, with a kind of red pen, Mm -hmm. digi red pen, um, highlight the kind of the beats in every single sentence. (laughs) So the whole book through, it would be like with that sentence I just said, I would have done a little skit under every and a little mark under little so that I know when I'm reading it, I can just read straight through and not have to think about it. So I'm, I'm hopefully I'm told I'm very fluent when I'm reading because I've done so much prep. It's much easier that way. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a lengthy process. And yeah, in terms of characters and quite often there's, I mean, if you read a book, I just did a German thriller. I don't speak German, but I do now. <laughs> There was a lot of kind of, oh, my God, how the hell do I say that word? A lot of looking up German words because you need to pronounce them correctly. And yeah, it depends on the book. If it's just a really trashy kind of chick lit that has no particular cross-cultural references, there's not much work. (laughs) I mean, imagine if you're doing a, a textbook on ancient Aramaic, you know, you could be there for days. Yeah. Oh my goodness. But you would probably make that sound amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make it unnecessarily entertaining, hopefully. <laughs> hey, that's fine by us. <laughs> what was the casting process for The Woman in Cabin 10? I think probably, to be honest, it was just that I'd read her previous book and did it all right. <laughs> the previous right. book, her debut, I don't know if you've listened to it, was In a Dark, Dark Wood. No, we have it on our list mm-hmm. to listen to. Yeah, it's about a hen party. Gone wrong. And I'd done that and it had gotten good reviews. So realistically, it was probably a case of, oh, she did the last one. She might as well do this one. But I've done a lot of thrillers now. So I suppose that helps that I've um, gotten good at tension. (laughs) (laughs) That's our favorite genre at at the moment, too. Yeah, and particularly in audio as well. Although it does throw up its own problems because quite often in a thriller, you'll have chapters where it's from the killer's point of view. You know, and they're speaking. Mm. Well, you can't really do that in an audiobook because you're going to give away who it is. Yeah. So quite often I just have to play this kind of neutral who knows who I am voice mm-hmm. and hope that it won't give it away. So yeah. it can be different for this book. That's amazing how you can, like, adapt to it and be able to tell, like, oh, I shouldn't give this away just yet. So I'm just going <laughs> to make a neutral voice. Well, I think because when I read through it, I'm I'm also reading it. I mean, I'm doing my notation and, and working on the characters, but I'm also just trying to read it, you know, as a book. Yeah. And I'll quite often think, oh, okay, they don't want, you know, I might have guessed the plot twist within the first 10 pages, but I'm not going to make it so obvious that everyone else gets it because <laughs> that would be that would be cruel, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you have to know your audience and, and mm-hmm. kind of know what your job is. And I guess your job isn't... 
I don't know. Anyway, we'll come on to that. One of the other questions is relevant to what my choice is. Hurry on. So do you look for anything in particular about the books you record or? I like that question because it makes it sound like I'm really important and I just select. <laughs> I think I think realistically, <laughs> if someone offers me a book, I'm probably going to go, yeah, okay, I'll do it. There are some, <laughs> there are some books that I have done because you don't, it's not like you have time to read it before or they're going to come to you with a contract and say, do you want to do, you know, so-and-so's new thriller? And I'll say, yeah, that's good. Um, there have been a very, very small handful of books where I've gone, oh, yeah, yeah, fine, yeah, that's great. And then as I've been prepping it, you know, the contract's already signed. I've kind of thought, oh, <laughs> it kind of goes against everything morally that I believe in. Um, but as we were talking about, you have to know what your job is. I think at the end of the day, my job isn't to critique it. You know, it's not important mm-hmm. whether I like the book or not. It's just important that I do it justice and there's someone someone out there is always going to love it, even if I think it's mm-hmm. terrible. Someone's going to mm-hmm. love it. So I've got to do it justice for that. I mean, I started my whole kind of audiobook career started with basically audio porn. Um, That's what we were reading. <laughs> we were just reading that. <laughs> and we were like, wait a second. We need to find these. <laughs> this also makes her the best person ever. <laughs> some real, some real treasures. Some amazing <laughs> amazing bits in that and I was like oh if I'd known would I have accepted it and then I thought but just because it's not my bag you know people got to get their kick somehow right yeah. right <laughs> no judgment hey it's perfect <laughs> yeah so I'm not very, I'm not very discerning sorry right. no worries <laughs> no that's fine so what has been your favorite character or voice to narrate so far in your career <laughs> there was one I did really well I did the first two Bridget Jones books, and I have to say that was just so much fun. If you go to the theatre and see like a Moliere, a proper farce, they are the best fun for an actor to do. And something, a real, a, a proper comedy like that feels like you get to play an entire farce on your own. Like you get to play all the parts. It's an actual yeah. show dream. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for me to play an entire book where everything is really light and funny and clear to like this and very all all over the shop like the whole time all the different characters I really love that I mm-hmm. like that that kind of um Evelyn War uh, period I, I really like um unpleasant posh people I don't know I really enjoyed that but I did also do a book recently a thriller by Simon Booker called Without Trace which is a good one as well, I'll add it to your list. And there's a small character in there that I think will go down in, in my own personal legends as my favourite ever voice, because he described her as, as a Ukrainian Barbie with an L.A. Valley wine and nasal issues. And it was the, <laughs> I, I don't, even, don't even ask me to recreate it, because I went <laughs> to a weird place where she was like a Russian, but also American. And she was the most <laughs> demented, weird character. I really, really enjoyed her. She probably only had about 20 lines. But yeah, I, I love trying to get, <laughs> trying to work around that. I also just did the new Jeanette Winterson book. She did a book of 12 short Christmas stories, and one of them set in a Victorian orphanage 
with this kind of Wackford Squeers female orphanage owner who's creaming all the profits off the top and the kids are like shivering in sacks and eating gruel. It was really, really Dickensian. And I got to play this repulsive woman who used to beat the children like that. But then when people came around for tea, she was trying to be ever so nice. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know I mean? It's so much fun trying to get across people who were not themselves and then kind of trying to up the ante. Yeah. yeah. That was really good fun. You have to keep that same, the same kind of like tone and same kind of voice when they're being evil and then also when they're being good. Yeah. And that's just, that's just incredible. It's like two different personalities. Yeah. It's like trying to be an American trying to do a bad English accent. We, we are, we are. Yes. Uh... I'm really bad at accents. <laughs> so I'll, I'm, I'll admit that. I'm bad at my own accent. I don't even. <laughs> Yeah. It can also be very tricky when you're trying to talk to yourself in two accents that are very close. Mm-hmm. So like New Zealand and Australia, I've done a book where I had to converse with myself in a Kiwi and an Aussie accent. That's really difficult. Probably if you were being pernickety, if you were trying to converse with yourself when half of you is from, I don't know, New Jersey and the other half mm-hmm. is from Brooklyn. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. These slightly different twangs. So that can be difficult, but anyway, I'm waffling. It's what I do for a living. <laughs> I know, so, we love it. We love it, yes. <laughs> um so do you ever meet or have working relationships with the authors of the audiobooks that you record? We mostly all kind of communicate on Twitter, actually. And I okay. think with, with pretty much all the authors I've narrated uh, through Twitter, and sometimes we send each other messages, and I normally tweet about, you know, and say, oh, I'm doing this today, and, and I'm really enjoying the book. I did occasionally have to get in touch with them. I had a Skype conference with <laughs> a writer once because she'd written this, you know, expansive sci-fi fantasy and I thought it's so off the grid that I just wanted to try and get her to place it somewhere so that I could work from something. You know, it felt right. like it was in Australia, but I mean, obviously it was a dystopian, completely different world. So we had a long chat about what her her process was trying to work out where this world came from. But sometimes they come into the studio to listen while you're... Oh, recording. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, How no. Ner- that's nerve wracking. <laughs> So the first time that happened was, again, it was a fantasy trilogy with this lovely author called Ed Cox. And I'd emailed him and said, you know, this is your baby. It was his debut. And he got this trilogy with a really good publisher. I was like, just tell me, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess anything up. I might choose. He was like, just do whatever you want. I thought, but what if like you've based this woman on your wife and I make her this evil bitch and you come in, it's really disappointing. And he said, well, there's only one character that I really like can clearly see in my head. And that is character X, and I just think he's Jimon Hunsu. And I went, oh, okay, fine, fine. So I was working on being a like a six foot six African American man. Actually, I think he's from Sudan. Anyway, mm-hmm. I worked on it really hard, and it was you know as good as I could get it, which let's face it is only ever going to be a shade. And then yeah, the very first scene that that character appeared, in comes the author. Oh and the my publisher. goodness. And the editor. So then you're just like sweaty. It was that. I was they were sat in the booth opposite me, and it was one where you could see the producer, and I could see them like sitting on a sofa going, "Yeah." 
And I had, Amal does this character. And I was like, oh, Jesus. My throat, if I get really nervous, my throat started making this noise that went something like, (laughs) (laughs) I was like, hi, guys, I just read something. And then I say something, and it went, (laughs) and then I carried on reading, and it just went, and the producer, she was like, Imogen, do you want to take time out? Do you want to, like, Anyway, by the end of the trilogy, I'd told him because he came in every year and watched, but it was fine. (laughs) But as you can imagine, it's quite nerve wracking. Yeah, definitely. Oh my goodness, I could not imagine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. So we really adore your voice and we know that you have said that you you read through the novel so that you want to make it sound like you're reading through the novel and that's something that we definitely have made a note of on your mm-hmm. voice is that you just sound like you're reading a story and it's yeah. you're placing yourself into mm-hmm. it. So that's fantastic. And then uh, I know that you've been going through and recommending some here and there, but do you have any to recommend to us that we should listen to today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Literally right now. Just don't even finish Right it. now. We're going to yep. stop. We're going to listen. <laughs> just cut out. <laughs> what genre? Thrillers? You seem to like thrillers? Mm-hmm. I think we, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thrillers. We go through everything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would say in terms of thrillers, the one I talked about with the Ukrainian Barbie was good. That was um, okay. Without Trace by Simon Booker. Okay. Alex Marwood. I don't know if you've done any of hers. Mm-hmm. She has written some fantastic thrillers because they're funny as well, which I love. Mm-hmm. My favourite of those was The Killer Next Door. Ooh. So that's a fantastic one. The German thriller, I've had a really good run, actually. The German thriller I just finished was brilliant. And she'll get to hear my German accent all the time, which is great. <laughs> and that's called The Cleaner by Elisabeth Hermann. So those, so those are some good thrillers. Oh, I'm also on a series with Sarah Hillary, who's writing this series called that started with someone else's skin, I think. Mm-hmm. Those are the best thrillers I would say I've done of late. Sorry if I forgot anyone. <laughs> um, and comedies, because, yeah, I love a good comedy. Man at the Helm was one I did that was hugely popular. It did really, really well. And it was, again, it was like a farce mm-hmm. kind of yeah, oh, comedy of manners, oh, awkward. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah, so Man at the Helm by Nina Stibby. That was a really good one. Well, actually, no. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to be here all night. One more and then I'll Hey, that's up. fine. Um, <laughs> another really interesting, I guess it's a thriller. It's a couple of years ago I did this one. It was called Kiss Me First and it's kind of about the assisted suicide debate, but based mm-hmm. in a tech world about someone oh. someone else to commit suicide. It's really dark, but it's got levity as well. I get I get a bit worn down by thrillers that have no humour in them. I mm. like there to be, you know, a bit of light relief, I find. I don't yeah. know. That. <laughs> um, <laughs> but those those are some of the ones that I've read recently in the last couple of years that have been really good. And obviously, you know, any of the gratuitous porn. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Which we was <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you said you listened to one in the bath, so... Yes, I do. That would yeah. be perfect. So that would be perfect That timing. would be a good genre for bath time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's audio, so hands-free. Yes! yes. <laughs> 
too funny. <laughs> I think like one of the cool things about like Woman in Cabin Ten was that there wasn't there wasn't much humor to it when it started getting into like the nitty gritty. But like the characters that you voiced, like Tina and the Alexander and everything, mm-hmm. they like made it funny. I mean, as soon as they came on into my ears, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes, sometimes I think to myself, will the will the author be happy that I've done this? <laughs> I feel I do tend to find humor in lots of places. Maybe it's not so supposed to be funny there, but to me it seemed funny. So oh, yeah, they were excellent characters to just kind of inject a little bit of humor into because yeah. the book gets kind of heavy at mm-hmm. points, and yeah. so having having them there to just kind of lighten the mood was fantastic. Yeah, they were kind of the butt of their own joke because they mm-hmm. were so fancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and again, that's that's what I particularly like about a good thriller is when it can have those moments where you just get a bit of a break. Oh god, yeah. mm-hmm. off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but I, I think I'm pretty sure she intended them to be amusing. Most <laughs> like they yeah. Can yeah. That way, so fingers crossed. Anyone who like writes fugu in their in their novel, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I think he, I think he and Tina were my favorite characters, definitely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ours too. Yeah, we were like, oh my god, did you just get to Tina? And she was like, yes, we did. <laughs> I do. And stock character, the posh bitch, is definitely <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> I think it's become like one of ours as well. Like we notice that whenever there's like a posh, mean person in there, we mm-hmm. just love her <laughs> or him. Or him, or him. Exactly. <laughs> so, do you listen? Do you listen to audiobooks yourself? And if so, what are your some of your favorites? Well, weirdly, not at the moment because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. But I grew up listening to audiobooks, which is why I'm just so excited that I should get paid to do it now. I grew <laughs> up in the 1980s listening to Storyteller Tapes, which was a, a fortnightly or monthly kids' magazine that came with a cassette. Mm-hmm. And you put it in, and it played audio versions of the stories in the book, and every time you got to the end of the page, it went ding, and you had to turn the page. Oh, yeah. yes. I mean, the most amazing actors had Derek Jacobi, Mar- Miriam Margulies, all these wonderful old actors telling these stories, and it was really how I learned how to read and how to tell tales and things like that so that was I mean that was a massive massive part of my life experience really listening to those stories my brother's also quite heavily dyslexic so we always we used to listen to a lot when we were going to sleep Mm. at night lots of Sherlock Holmes old-fashioned Sherlock Holmes which worked brilliantly because they had sound effects as well Mm -hmm. so I was quite into the thrillers I certainly know he would listen to any Tolkien. I mean, he's got the whole of the Lord of the Rings, the original kind of radio version. He's got every Harry Potter. So, yeah, but in terms, what have I listened to recently? I guess it's all kids stuff now because I'm a mum. Yeah. <laughs> David Walliams, lots of David Walliams stuff. Um, Jacqueline Wilson stuff. Mm-hmm. Quentin Blake. Just fun stuff like that, really. I, I quite like listening to radio comedy, though, as well, mm-hmm. if I have to. On my iPod, <laughs> any any old Alan Partridge? Did you guys get Alan Partridge over there? Um, I don't think so. We'll have to search that. Gun's early character. Oh my mm. god, amazing! Absolutely amazing. You must check out some uh, Alan Partridge. Oh, we definitely. Yes. 
So, our last question. If you're cool with it, you know, we would love to have you say thank you for listening to Audio Shelf in one of your favorite voices, mm-hmm. if you're cool with it. <laughs> um, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Was it just thank you for listening to Audio Shelf? Okay. Yeah. Shall, I do, shall I do, like, several in a row, and then you can pick? <gasps> oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's, like... That's belated, our dream. That's a belated Christmas gift. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> thank you for listening to Audio Shelf. Thank you for listening to Audio Shelf. Uh, Thank you for listening to Audio Shelf. Hurrah! Thank you for listening to Audio Shelf. 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 Oh my gosh, that was was amazing. That was so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was perfect. I mean, that's that's all you got? (laughs) That's all you mean. Wow. Oh dear. Um, That was fantastic. Well, Well, thank you so much. That's all right. It's been a pleasure. Good work. It must be a lot of work to do that many podcasts, I can only imagine. It's yeah, fun though, but it's fun, and yeah. it's fun, and I'm, we're glad we're doing it together. So it makes it I do have a little so much book, better. But yeah. I can't remember what you do for a living, Brad. Do you work in mental health? Yes, I'm a I'm a child and family therapist. Nice, excellent. Mm-hmm. I have a master's degree in children's literature, and I have a paper published on what? mental illness in kids' books, like representation wow. of uh, mental illness for children. So yeah, big oh, interest. Awesome. Wow. I have to look that up. <laughs> Brittany, what do you do? I'm a photographer, so I shoot weddings and engagements. Oh, and stuff. nice! And bubbas, lots of bubbas. That's your favorite. Well, that is fantastic. It's been very nice to meet you. I better go and entertain my four-year-old now. Yes, absolutely. But yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great rest of Thank your you, day. Thank you, YouTube. All right. Oh, bye. Bye. <laughs> This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Audio Shelf. Uh.